total turnaround for both of us. For the first time in my life, I could read God's Word and I felt like I was getting something out yeah. of it. Amen. I wasn't just searching scriptures, you know, I, I was actually enjoying enjoying it, not flipping pages and hoping one would jump out at me. And Norman just, I, I was in awe. We are all saved the same way, but each of our stories are different. This is My Grace Life Story, a series of podcasts where members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. Here now is Senior Associate Pastor Matt Fowler. Welcome into another episode of My Grace Life Story. We are joined today by Norman and Michelle Ferris, been members here at Grace Life for quite some time. So good that you guys are here to join us today. We're looking forward to hearing a little bit about your Grace Life Story. And so as we normally do, I'm going to let you guys start off just by telling us who you are, a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go from there and get into some of your testimony of conversion, some of your time here at Grace Life. So Norman, if you would just introduce yourself to us. Uh, I'm Norman Ferris. Uh, I was born and raised in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. All right. Got married at a really young age. Had a good. young daughter, had a had a rough marriage, a rough time for a pretty good while. Uh, marriage didn't last, uh, but I got a beautiful daughter that come out of that. Uh, wound up in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Right. And, How long have you been in Muscle Shoals? I've uh, been here, well, actually it was Florence. So I've been okay. in Florence since uh, I was about... 18 years old. Okay. And well, how old are you 60, now? I'm 65. So. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to date no, you or no, anything no, there, but fine. just to give us a little context for where we okay. are. So, okay. So you've, been, so you've been in the shows for a long time. For a long now. time, yes, yeah. sir. All right. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, so. All right. And you got uh, so a daughter, and, and tell us, tell us, just give us the, the profile of all your kids. You okay. Got I've kids got a daughter now, so. from my first marriage I right. had. And uh, I met Michelle, and me and her's got a, a son and a daughter, uh, right. Tyler and Rachel. Okay. And, uh, so. All right. Good deal. Got some grandkids got now. Some grand, well, got five right? beautiful grandkids. You just, finally hit that phase of that, life that everybody says is better than kids. Yes, sir. right. Yes, have sir. grandkids is yeah. much better than yeah, that. I, I didn't so. know things could melt my heart, but I, they, they sure certainly <laughs> do. Amen. That's wonderful. Good. All right, Michelle, if you would introduce yourself to us, tell us a little bit about you. Well, I'm Michelle Ferris. I was raised in Sheffield. Okay. In a Christian home by two very, I had a wonderful childhood, wonderful. Family. I have an older brother and a younger brother, middle child. Was being a middle child as bad as some people think it is, or, or was that okay for you? I think being a middle child and the only girl was pretty cool. That was good. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. good. Just checking. So, were you a Sheffield Bulldog? I was. God, we have a lot of Sheffield Bulldog folks that are here at Grace Life. So, that is, I don't know why, but all you Sheffield people end up here at Grace Life, which yeah. is good. We're glad yeah. you're here. So, all right, so good. So, you grew up here, uh, went to Sheffield. What did you do after you graduated high school? How, how has life gone since then? Well, graduated, I got a little off track in high school. Okay, all right. Um, the world sucked me in, popularity sucked me in. So when I graduated high school, the, my one goal was to move out of my parents' house and be able to make my own rules. Okay, and right. So I did. Yeah. Started working and got an apartment with a couple other girls and learned real, real quick that life is hard. It was more um, difficult than you thought it was going to be, yes, right? So. Yes, Um Did a lot of drinking, realized the issues that that can cause with mm. friendships and just life in general. Yeah. That was my path for a lot of years. Okay. A lot of years. All right, good. Now, how old were you when you met Norman? Uh, 22. Okay, so about four mm. years out of high school. And, and mm. so, and Norman, how old were you when you and Michelle met? 31. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. Good deal. 
All right. Well, let, let's just uh, let, let's pick up from there. Thank you guys for telling us a little bit about who you are. Um, Norman, I'm going to start with you. Just a little bit about your testimony. And you've already talked a little bit about some of uh, how the Lord began to work in your life and some of the, the difficulties that sin brought into your life. But just uh, go, go a little bit deeper on that for us. Uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, your life and, and, and some of the difficulties that you encountered, some of the sin that crept in your life, but then how the Lord began to work in your life and draw you to Him in repentance and faith. Well, I just feel like that... Uh... I didn't even finish high school. I okay. mean, you know, I quit early in school and started working. And right. I was successful in business, mm-hmm. uh, made a lot of money, big house, fancy cars, trying to fill that hole I had in me up with all the things of this world. Right. Now, growing and, up, did I know, Michelle, you mentioned that you grew up obviously in a Christian home. As far as your, the home you grew up in, were, were your parents believers? Did they have a Christian influence over you, or what would, What did that look like? Well, I mean, I, we pretty much went to church maybe on Easter, Christmas okay. or something. You know, that was about it. The The most I was in church in the summer, I went and stayed with my grandfather and grandmother at their farm, and uh, they were Church of Christ, okay. went to Center Hill Church of Christ, and mm-hmm. every time the door was open, I was there with them. Had one of them grandmas that if you did if you move she pinched you on the back of your arm there and just yes. you know. But gotcha. uh, do you remember much about that church? I, do you, uh, was the gospel preached there very much, or was that just pretty much? Hey, I'm here because grandma just, and granddad told me to get just here. Pretty much there because grandma okay. and grandpa had me there. All right, gotcha. Okay, so, you know, I mean, wasn't nothing taught in my home or nothing about the Bible or about God's word or nothing. Okay, so when you get into business as a as a young man, it's pretty much hey, this is what I want. Yeah. I, I want I want success. I want money. I want things. So so jump back into that a little yeah, bit now yeah, and talk well, to us how that was going. That was I guess uh, the desires of my heart at the time. You know that uh, right. to have the money and the homes and the fancy cars and uh, it just didn't just didn't satisfy. You know what I'm saying? Right. The more more and more cars just new for one day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. just nothing satisfied. And doing the business we done, we went to a lot of conventions and stuff, and I started drinking, you know, at these conventions and stuff. Mm-hmm. The next thing I know, I'm a full-blown alcoholic. Wow. And um, just pretty much let the business go and mm. just uh, pretty much lost everything. In uh, 1990, I s- uh, sobered up. So how, how long how long had, had that alcoholism how long was that a part it was of your probably life? a four or five year wow it was probably a, the last was i would say if um if i hadn't got sober i'd been eaten out of a dipsy dumpster wow so mm-hmm. i mean i was at a really dark place in my life and yeah. you know i had a lot of pride and just eat up with myself and everything i'd done and accomplished at that time was look at me you know what i'm saying right. here i am looking back now you know i I think the lord sent me down that road to get me to him yeah amen. I, I wouldn't change a thing that that he's done in my life, yeah. especially at that time, but me losing everything. Uh, you know, I mean, we had a big 10,000 square foot home and sold everything and yeah. walked away from it. Still owed people money. It took me four years after I sold everything uh-huh. to pay everybody I owed. But it was uh, it was a really humbling time in my life. It's a humbling time when you're a businessman and you look at yourself and you say, you know, I can't do this. I've got to sell everything and start all over. And in 1992, yeah. We sold everything, and me and her moved to Georgia. Okay. All right. Good. So what year did you guys get married? Uh, we got married in 91. Okay. So 91, you guys get married. So so you, in 91, you guys were were Christians at this time or still oh, not no, converted no, at this no, point? No, so, okay. So, so you're coming out of a, of a very difficult season, obviously, Norman. And, and a season, like you said, I agree, sometimes the Lord brings us to that rock bottom and— 
in the moment, that's really hard, but we can look back on it and we can see, boy, that was God's grace. That was God's grace that brought me to that point and brought me to the end of myself. So so in 91, you guys married. Is that Was it kind of like, okay, this is a, a fresh start? Obviously, you, you weren't believers yet. So, so what was married life like, even though you're working through some of the difficulties yet, but the gospel's not present in your life. So, so what did that look like early on in you guys' marriage? Well, I will share that we met in 88 and... Nor, you know, started dating in, in 88. And Norman was a super nice guy. And everybody I met kept saying, you are so good for him. I had no idea he had a drinking problem. Okay. I knew he drank, but I had no idea he, no idea he had a drinking problem. I had a job till 5 o'clock every day. And when I'd see him, he'd say, I almost made it to the end of the day today without having a beer. But because I'd be like, do you drink beer every day? Yeah. And uh, so anyway, um, it took a while for me to realize that he had a drinking problem. And and so that was rough. And then he got sober. And that was the answer to every problem that there was, you know, in my mind. Sure. He got sober, uh, went through a treatment program. A year later, we got married. And then the next year, we had Tyler. So it was rough. It was very, very rough. And I remember times I was raised, you know, in a godly home. And my parents sure. had the Bible out a lot of the time. And there were nights I'd just get the Bible out and, like, scroll through it and, Look for that page. Yeah. You know. So, so all right, yeah. So let, let's talk about that. What were you looking for? Were you Anything. looking for just a hey? I just need something that will help me yes. here. I, I'm struggling. How do we do this yes. marriage thing? How do we do this parent thing? I mean, is that kind of what when you yes. get the Bible out? Thought, okay, I need something yes. here. So, okay. Well, because to back up a little bit, I I was saved in my family's eyes when I was a child. I went to the altar. I did it all. And so, if that, I, did you grow up in a Baptist church? Uh, Nazarene. Nazarene. Okay. Yeah. So what did that did in the Nazarene? I'm not real familiar with the Nazarene church, but did it look like some, I guess what we might call traditional Baptist church, kind of altar call, ask Jesus in your heart? I mean, yes. was that present in the Nazarene church? Yes. Okay. But, so you'd done all that as a as a kid. You'd gone through the steps, yes. if we want to call them that. Okay. Yes. All right. But I, I didn't have a lot of Bible knowledge, even as much time as I spent in churches. My, my right. parents changed churches several times. I've never asked them why. But I, I knew Scripture. Right. You know, I, I memorized memory verses, but I didn't actually understand what it meant. Okay. I knew when I did something bad, I was supposed to ask for forgiveness. And I did all the time when yeah. I was a child. And then, you know, it got exhausting as I got older because mm. I, in high school and all, I did a lot wrong. And right. then I think I finally just, you know, walked away from it because yeah. I could never get it right. So that was... I don't, I don't feel like anybody ever asked me for my testimony or dug very deep. And okay. I, I feel like I kind of compartmentalized it. I went to church and I was a Christian. If I was around my mother's friends, I had to act a certain way. But then when I went to be around my friends, I was just who I was. Yeah. So kind of kind of one foot in the world and one foot yes. in some quasi-Christianity, I guess if we want to call it that, depending on who you were around at that time. Yes. So, okay. All right. So... So obviously, in some way, at least, you know, you guys are married, you're starting, you're having kids now, and you're starting to think, I need some answers here on mm -hmm. how to figure all this out. Now, you guys are in Georgia at this time, right? Yes. When Tyler was nine months old, Norman sold everything and okay. moved to Georgia. All right. Okay. We moved to Georgia. So uh, was there any church attendance at this point in you guys' lives, or what, what did that look like? Well, I was looking for churches. Okay. And my mother told me, she said, now, whatever you do, make sure that you go to a Bible preaching church. Amen. 
as I had many times in the past, I thought, she does not know what she's talking about. <laughs> Churches <laughs> preach the Bible. Oh, yeah. So I go to a church and I'm looking for churches. And, you know, the names are not the same when you go to Georgia. I mean, it doesn't say First Baptist Church or um, so it's hard to tell what denominations they sure. are. But so I go to a local church and the man gets up and the preacher gets up and he pulls out a sheet of paper. And he preaches to us, and I notice he's got a sheet of paper. Never did he open his Bible. Hmm. I think he quoted one scripture, and then the whole sermon was preached. And I thought, maybe my mother knows what she's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, But we were searching, and um, Norman was not feeling the call to go to church like I was feeling like I needed to go. So he would go with me the first time I went to a church. And I remember a lot of experiences that were really good. Norman would lean over and go, I like this church. And then it would start lasting too long, and he'd go, Okay, we're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so Norman, at this point, you know, you know, church attendance and things of that sort, was it a were you actively like, look, I want nothing to do with that? Or was it more of just, hey, Michelle, that's good for you. You know, hey, I'll kind of go with you, but that's not for me. I'm not real interested. What what did that look like in your life at that point? Well, I wouldn't I wasn't hunting. I okay. mean, you know, and and I would go with her from time to time to pacify her, I guess you'd say. I mean, she right. never did bow beat me or nothing to go, you know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Uh, she'd just say, you know, I'm thinking about going here, and I'd either say, well, I think I'll go with you or or I'd right. say, you know, I'm gonna hang around here. Okay. So, you know, that's pretty much where I was at. It gotcha. Just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hunt and God. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, so let's keep kind of walking through there. So that you're on this search for a church and you're looking for help. You're a young married couple and having kids. And so, where does where does that eventually go? Do we do we find a church in Georgia? Do you find one that's preaching the Bible like your mom had mm-hmm. recommended? What 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 happens here? Well, we visited Charles Stanley's church. Okay, yeah. And um, Norman went with me a time or two, but it was like 45 minutes, 50 minutes from our house. So I had a really sweet, godly couple down the street for me. And they said, well, Michelle, why don't you and Tyler ride with us? Because Norman was out of town a lot, and sometimes he just didn't want to go. So I just started riding with them. So I really felt like, you know, I was hearing more of the gospel there. But you have to remember, I'm a believer. And I just need to repent enough, ask for forgiveness enough. I'm trying to do whatever I'm supposed to do. Still going through those old steps, right? Yes, yes. Going through these steps. Yes. And Georgia was a very lonely, hollow place. Norman worked a lot. And I think I, as a young married woman, I wanted him to make me happy. And I'm sure I put a lot of pressure on him to, to do that when it really wasn't his place. So anyway, it was... I enjoyed Charles Stanley's church. I enjoyed the uh, the couple down the street from me, but I was ready to get back to Alabama. You know, there again, another change that would fill me up, you know, yeah. my family and my life. And the Lord worked that out where we got to come home. Okay. So how long how long were you guys in Georgia? Two years. Two, two years. years. Okay. So almost to the day, two years. Okay. All right. So two years, almost to the day in Georgia. And then you come back to the Shoals mm-hmm. again. All mm-hmm. right. Okay, so when you get back to the Shoals, does that fix everything, Michelle? No, it didn't. No, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. That's why I asked that yes. question. So, uh, so you come back to the Shoals. Obviously, that doesn't fix anything. We 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 ultimately know what what fixes things if we want to mm-hmm. word it that way. So, do you, do you come back did, when you guys get back to the Shoals? Is that when you start visiting here, or are there? No, okay. no. All right. In this time frame, somewhere, uh, my brother Chris and Tammy Behrman got saved. Okay. 
they're attending a church and they're faithful and they are really, really on fire for the Lord. And so, you know, Tammy's a great witness mm-hmm. and she, um, it wasn't that she witnessed to me. It was actually that she, the things she said and okay. the trust that she had in the Lord that really impressed me. Right. Honestly, I think my mother is probably the only other person that I was around my, both my parents, but my mother was much more ver- vocal about it. Tammy was the only person I was actually around that lived it and felt it. And sometimes she would say things and I would think, does she really believe that? Is she really trusting the Lord for this? Because I don't do that, yeah. you know. Amen. And that really made me question right. um, myself. And so I started, we started visiting churches here. I struggled. I wanted to cry when I walked into church and I, did, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand why I couldn't repent enough. And so we, we visited a lot of different churches. And then one Sunday morning, Tammy and Chris invited us to an, hear an evangelist at their church. And I got up to go and asked Norman if he was going to go, and he said no. And I was furious with him because <laughs> the night before, I think he was going. That's how I remember it. But uh, my you, mother had— Do you t- remember this time, Norman? Or is that like a—you don't remember that? Slightly. Okay. And, All right. You know. Gotcha. Just checking. So. All right, go ahead, Michelle. So Sorry. Norman had no interest in the gospel. Okay. So the one thing you have to know is that I was going. I felt like the Lord was calling me, but I also felt like if I changed a whole lot, I might lose my husband because that was just not the lifestyle that he wanted to live. Not that we were doing anything wrong, but right. that was not the friends that we had. That mm-hmm. was not the lifestyle. So anyway, we I, I visited—I went to this— uh, revival that they were having and um, I'm sitting there in church and they're talking about you know wheat and the tares the scripture on that and how some people think they're saved and so I'm thinking of a family member yes I think she's a tear <laughs> and she's not wheat <laughs> it, it, it's funny you know I often wonder on the on the other side of the pulpit when I'm preaching mm-hmm. and I do try to give this reminder from time to time of you know I, I hope that when the word is being preached, that we are actively thinking of myself. Yes. Have, what does it, but I do know that there's yes. a temptation to always yes. think, you know, there's someone on the other side of the auditorium that needs to hear this message today, and I am yes. so glad that preacher's giving it to them, right? Yes. So. <laughs> so as I sit there, it's like the Holy Spirit said, but what about you? Yeah. And so I'm thinking about, and in my mind, I'm justifying everything. You know, I went to the altar. I got baptized. Uh, you know, I remember looking at Brother Scales, which was an amazing preacher in my life when I was a kid. And I, I did it all right. And then it said, don't base on what your preacher said, based on what you did. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I really didn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I don't feel like I asked Jesus to come to my heart. So I realized, I mean, I Sitting there, I thought, no, I am the tear. I am totally lost, and I realized I was a sinner. And I just cried out to God to save me. Well, the, ser- the sermon was over. Church right. was over, and people started moving around, and I kind of looked around to make sure I wasn't talking out loud. <laughs> you know, because here my palms are sweating. Yeah. And um, that morning, I believe I got saved, but I was raised, you had to walk an altar. You, know, yep. you had to walk yeah, that you had to aisle. Walk down, walk, right? Yeah, you yeah. had to walk an aisle and go to the altar. Right. So I, um, I just asked the Lord, please don't let me die before I get back tonight, and I will walk this aisle, right. make it to the altar. So I go home, having a great day. I mean, I, I, I knew the Lord had saved me. And at the same time, I thought, how could I ever think that I was saved, mm. you know, beforehand, because I was so empty. 
So I'm getting ready to go back that night because I need to walk the aisle. And Norman looks at me and says, I think I'm going to go with you. Well, everything inside me screamed, no. (laughs) What you've been wanting has now come, and you're like, no, wait a minute. I don't know if I'm ready for that, right? So So we're driving over, and I look over at him, and I said, listen, I've got something to take care of tonight. It has nothing to do with you. He said, okay. (laughs) And um, so anyway, we get back to church, and I walk the aisle and go for counseling and realize I've gotten saved. And come out from that, and I can't find Norman. And I thought, oh, somebody's made him mad at church. <laughs> somebody's, you know, pushed him too far or something. And as I turn around and I look, he's coming through some back doors. Mm-hmm. And I had a thought, and I was like, no, there's no way. You know, thought maybe, maybe the Lord did something with Norman, but right. I don't know. And he comes up closer, and I said, where were you? And he said, Michelle, I realized tonight if I died, I was going to hell. Hmm. And he said, I asked the Lord to save me. I've gotten saved. Yeah. Floored me. Hmm. Absolutely floored me because that is not what I expected yeah. at all. Right. I really thought I'd be looking for a ride home from church. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I, I like where you guys are headed here because, Michelle, obviously in your life, you know, there, there had there'd been what seems to be like a, a season of you at least understanding and realizing, boy, I'm, I'm empty. I don't know that I've really, I don't know that I know the Lord. I, I did all the stuff I was supposed to do. Uh, searching for a church in Georgia, come back home. Okay, that doesn't feel everything. Okay, I've searched for a church in Alabama. Uh, go and you're, you're hearing a preacher and I, I'm glad somebody's hearing this tonight. Oh, oh, I need to hear this tonight. The Spirit's working in your life. And so there seems to be this long season because you guys are in Georgia for a couple of years and so a, a season in which the Lord is really kind of kicking those props out from mm-hmm. under you a little bit and then you know Norman we, we think about you and you just at least you know and if I'm wrong here you know correct me but it sounds like you just kind of hey all right I'll come tonight you know I mean you're going I, I'll come and, and, and the Lord you know works in your life Maybe a bit quicker, you know, than than what he'd been doing in Michelle's life. Is that? Am I kind of describing that right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I wouldn't. I didn't go that night looking to get saved. I mean, you know, the Lord just he just. I mean, he just called me out. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just uh, it was something very emotional to me. It's I can't explain it. But, right. Yeah. You know, he just filled me with the Holy Spirit that night. Yeah. Wow. Amen. And, uh, well, you know, the scripture says, I, I think about John chapter 3 when it speaks of the, the work of the Spirit and, and, and Jesus is telling Nicodemus, you must be born again. And there, you know, there's a bit of a, a mystery to that. And, and you know, uh, as, as we've done a lot of these Grace Life stories now, uh, everyone's, everyone comes to the Lord through the gospel. Uh, there's no doubt about that. We come through the gospel, through the work of the Spirit. But how the Spirit of God draws us to Him and the situations and circumstances that He brings us through, and then we hear the preaching of God's Word, and, and you know, all of that looks different in our lives. And, and in you guys who were husband and wife, it looked very different in your lives, right? I mean, you know, God's been working in your life for, for quite some time. And, and I'll say He was working in your life too, Norman. It's just a little different timing exactly. aspect to it. And yet he, he brings you to Himself, draws you to Him, grants you repentance and faith. And so, um, yeah, amen. I, I, I just love how the, the Lord works in mysterious ways and in His own timing. Well, He was, he was definitely taking care of me through my life, even as a lost man. Right. Because, I mean, I have no doubt in my mind through my drinking and stuff, I should be dead. Wow. There's not a doubt in my mind. Yeah. So. Amen. 
All right, so you're so you're converted. Um, there, I'm, I'm assuming at this point you follow through a believer's baptism. Then, so you're baptized in that church? Yes, yes the okay. next week we okay. were baptized in that church. They didn't require that you join. We were just baptized. Yep. And so we... And Chris I, and Tammy are at this church, yes, right? Okay. Yes, yes. So because this was a revival. And the right. other church we were kind of visiting, I was visiting more regular. But anyway, so we, I mean, the total turnaround for both of us. Mm-hmm. For the first time in my life, I could read God's Word and I felt like I was getting something out yeah, of it. Amen. I wasn't just searching scriptures. You know, right. I, I was actually enjoying enjoying it, not flipping pages and hoping one would jump out at me. Yeah. And Norman just, I, I was in awe. Yeah. Norman, tell us a little bit about how, you know, now the Lord has, has saved you, joining him. How, how does he begin to change your life at this point? Well, it was, it was one of the immediate things I saw is the way I talked. I had okay. a pretty pretty vulgar mouth, and it just went away. I mean, Amen. God just took that from me, and uh, what a blessing, though. I mean, right. you know, I mean, that was one big way. And, I mean, I had a desire. I mean, I went and bought the Bible on CDs. I, I drove a lot, and I left, yep. and I was on the road a lot. And, I mean, I had the whole Bible. I actually found it four or five months ago when I was cleaning some stuff yeah. out of my office, wow. one of these big, thick folders about this big full of yeah. CDs on yeah. the whole Bible. And I just plug it in and yeah. go into Atlanta or going, you know, wherever. And, Amen. you know, you could listen to a whole book or, yeah. but, uh, that, that was a blessing to me. And it just, I just, I, I got fed, you know, and, uh, he just continued to work in my life. We, we visited that church some, and I had to leave on Sunday around, 11 or 12 o'clock to get, I, I drove to Virginia to a place I'd done business on Monday. And I always like to get there for midnight, you know, for right. 11 or 12 o'clock. So I'd leave around 11 or 12 during the day and I could get up there because I was driving a big truck loaded down. Mm-hmm. And um, we was coming down Woodward Avenue here, here one day and there's a church service, Sunday school, 8 a.m., service 930. Me and Michelle said, you know, we need to Check this out. We could go to Sunday school and go to church and, and and come here. And then I could go ahead and leave and I wouldn't miss stuff, you know. Ain't that what we done? Yes, because the church that we were at had nowhere for Tyler. How Y'all old is Tyler right now? Tyler so, was four. Okay, so he's four. Yeah. Rachel was six months old when we got saved. Okay. So anybody that knows Tyler knows he has a lot of energy. Uh, yes. Yeah, so you got to have a space for Tyler. Yes. So, yes, yes he has a lot of energy. And so we were truly enjoying the church but Norman was having to leave every other Sunday, and I'm sitting in church with a four-year-old. And after a while, you get to thinking, why am I sitting here? Because I'm spending all my time just trying to keep him quiet and still oh, enough yeah. for everybody else to enjoy yeah, the service. Right. And so that's what we were talking about, that that was tough. And my parents were our only babysitters, so we had like a couple's thing one night, and so they had all five grandkids at the same okay. time. Okay. But when we saw your church service, we thought, well, we'll try it. And um, I had come to a fellowship with my cousin at one time, a ladies' fellowship. So we came. And this is mid-90s? This is, uh, yes, 96, the end of 96, the fall of 96 is when we started coming. Okay. And so so we came, and we, it's an old sanctuary. Yeah. After we sit there a little bit, I realized, I think we're sitting in the youth. <laughs> Nobody said a word. Uh, they were all just as sweet as they could be. Yeah. The sermon was great. And y'all had everything that fit our family where I right. could worship and actually enjoy, um, you know, the service. 
And so we just kept coming. Brother Jeff was preaching on money. Okay. It was getting ready to go into the new sanctuary and faith commitments and all that. And so one of the problems that Norman had had as a lost man was he felt like preachers wanted in his pocket. And we were at a revival one night and the preacher said, you know, give what you feel led to give and then give again until it hurts. And Norman leaned over and said, yeah, he wants in my pocket. (laughs) And um, so he was very sensitive to that. But the thing that was so amazing is how God worked out the timing. Norman had never heard what God's word said about giving. Sure. So when Brother Jeff was preaching about that, we were truly enjoying it. And a few people from the church, they'd say, oh, Michelle, it'll be okay. He'll get past money and we'll get to different <laughs> sermons later. And I said, no, Norman is loving this yeah. because that was one of the things that really held him back was that side of it. So he, he just felt empowered yeah. to know what God actually said about giving. Amen. So let's, let's talk about this because, Norman, obviously you'd had a business, lost a business, I think you said it took you around four years, even after you sold everything, get everybody paid off. Some people here at Grace Life probably know that you're a successful businessman now by God's grace. Others may not. But how is, you know, God changing your life through the gospel? And I know you've told me this before, but how did God then change how you viewed your business and how you viewed the money that you're going to make and, and, and how the business was going to go? I mean, because, you know, the, the Lord brought you to rock bottom with some of that previously, and now... The Lord has saved you, and He's really transforming. Like Michelle said, you're hearing from preaching from God's Word now. This is what the Scripture says about all of that. So how has God brought you full circle on those things in your life? Well, I mean, through the teaching here at this church, you know, right. I learned that what I have, it ain't mine. It belongs to the Lord. Yeah, It Amen. came from the Lord, and it belongs to Him. And as you grow, I mean, I was just a raw Christian. I was as raw right. as you could right. get. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, and I remember us going to Sunday school class, and I was in Robert Eaton's Sunday school class, and he's teaching about giving, you know. Right. And, you know, he gets to that scripture, uh, I'll give it to you pressed down and running over. If you don't mm-hmm. believe me, test me. Yeah. yeah. I'm Mal- sitting there, Malachi 3. So, I'm yeah. sitting there saying, this is the best deal I've heard. <laughs> I mean, I'm in, you uh, know. Yeah. But as I grow as a Christian, I understand that's the people he puts in your life, too. That right. That's your family. That's the church he puts in your life. That's just everything. It's not sure. just money and material stuff. Amen. Right. I mean, that's, that's as, as I grow in a Christian, I grow to understand that. But when I first heard it, I'm sitting there saying, yeah. man, this is the best deal I ever heard. Yeah. Amen. But uh, it, it's just it's just the blessings that that I've learned from the preaching here at this church that's grown me as a Christian. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I first we start, first started coming here, I was sitting there saying, Michelle's calling now here at the church office and telling them all about me. They're preaching right at me. They're talking. <laughs> I thought I mean, she was giving them a heads up yeah, before you walked yeah, in, I mean, right? I'd like they, y'all to they, preach this sermon. They know so. how really sorry I am, <laughs> you know. Oh, so, you know, good. but that's just the good Lord convicting me of the things in my life I needed to change and yeah. grow in, you know, and it, it's... Yeah. It was such a blessing. I mean, you know, I don't want to go to a church where I'm not convicted. I mean, I want to go where you're looking straight at me and, you know, you're purging my heart. And if there's any sin there, I want it to float up and come to the top. And I've got to go to the Lord and confess it. Yeah. Amen. What about some of the guys that maybe you did business with? Could they tell that? What's up with Norman? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. all of a sudden we, we know Norman from the past, but yeah. now we got some kind of new Norman walking through here. What, yeah. what was that like? Well, I mean, I, I was pretty uh, bold, and I you know I shared with a lot of them. I actually had a, a friend that he's he's dead and gone now, but he was in Decatur, Alabama. He had a store over there, and I'd done a lot of business with him, and I'd shared a lot with him. And 
just, you know, how the Lord had worked in my life. And he actually called Michelle. I was going to Atlanta one morning. He called Michelle about 5 o'clock one morning. She says, I need to talk to Norman. She says, well, he's on his way to Atlanta. She says, here's his phone number. Call him. He called me. He says, I just want to call you and tell you I got filled up with the Holy Spirit last night. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was sort of like me. He was one of the last guys you'd ever dream that would, would do that. And uh, But, you know, and most of the people in my industry that I dealt with at the time, these auction people and stuff, mm-hmm. they were pretty rough people. And uh, But, I, you know, I, I shared where I was at and how the Lord had worked in my heart and my life, you know, and changed me. And, yeah. and I think it touched a lot of people. And, you know, even people that had vulgar language and stuff, even though they didn't change, right. they respected where I was sure. at. Yeah, amen. So, you know, that amen. was that was a big blessing, too. Yeah, amen. So... All right, so so you guys, you're you're at Grace Life now, and uh, you know you you seem to be enjoying it. You're hearing the preaching of God's word. You're in small groups, and so you know, was it a big change for you to come to Grace Life? Uh, you know, obviously you'd been visiting some churches, or you know, was it just hey, we we came right in and we felt like this fit like a glove? What what was it like as you guys began to visit and kind of get to know Grace Life? And of course, we were First Baptist back then, but to you know, kind of get into the flow of what was going on here in the local church. Well, I've never thought about it fitting like a glove, but I guess it did fit fit pretty well. You know, it worked great with our schedules, and I had never heard the gospel like I had heard at the church I got saved at and at this church. I mean, I just never had. And I sat there, and so many times I felt bad because, you know, I've been that person that's been called to vote at a church that I maybe visited two times, whether they keep the preacher or not. I was there voting. So there were so many things that Grace Life does that I didn't realize why. You know, just like cleaning up the roles and having a role. Some mm-hmm. churches don't even have yeah, a role. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I was a lost woman coming in and helping them make decisions for things I hadn't prayed about, I hadn't asked about, but because somebody else told me it was a good thing. Yeah. So, but we 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 loved it, and we loved what we were learning. I'll never forget when I was coming to the membership information class, mm-hmm. Norm said, I'm not going. And I said, okay. And so then when it came time to go, he said, okay, I'm going. And I said, okay. And I was trying to get him. This is before Sunday We really were going to Sunday schools, I guess. But he said, um, I'll never go to an 8 o'clock Sunday school class. Mm-hmm. And so we're sitting there in the membership information class. And, you know, I'm still trying to do what my mother said. Don't badger him. Just let him make his own decisions. And, you know, you may have to make some some of your own decisions. So we're sitting there and we go through the class and Norman fills out his little blue card and he said, is this okay with you? He's checked eight o'clock Sunday school. Yeah. He's checked all this. <laughs> you were in at that point, right? Yeah, and the Lord was just using that, I think, all of it, his salvation, him doing that to show me that I don't need, I need to trust in God. I need to trust in God for my husband to lead me. Yeah. I don't need to be trying to whisper in his ear or mm-hmm you know, fuss at him and make him do things the way I want him done. And so that was a great, great lesson for me. But uh, we joined in July of 97, okay. I believe. Both, you know, attended Sunday school class. We had little kids and, you know, that's hard sickness and all that. But we've never regretted it, ever. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like we have grown. And then maybe a year or two years later, here's Tammy and Chris. So we were happy about that. And then maybe a year or two later, my parents' church that they were going to mm-hmm. dissolved. And I think it dissolved, had some problems. And so dad came and he said, now listen, I'm not a Baptist. 
I don't do hellfire and brimstone. (laughs) He said, but we're going to come to this church and we are going to be with our family and our grandkids until we find something. I said, okay. About a year later, I get a phone call. My dad said, Michelle, I just want you to know we're joining in the morning. I didn't want you caught off guard. (laughs) I said, joining? And he said, yeah, we were just looking for somebody that preached the gospel. And Brother Jeff preaches the gospel. Amen. So, you know, my whole family ended up here. Anyway, I I do want to share, talking about Norman getting saved and Mm -hmm. how he changed, missions came up after we joined. Yeah. And so Norman had an amount. He said, I think we should give this. And so I handled all the bookkeeping for the business, personally, all of it. I go through it. I'm like, we can't afford that. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking we should give half. So... um, that goes on. You know, we had a few weeks to think about it, pray about it. I talked to some other women about it. And the Sunday morning, the Saturday night before church, he was telling me the amount he thought. And I said, babe, we can only afford half of that. I mean, I'm looking at what we can afford. Mm-hmm. So we go to Sunday school that morning. You know, I'm I'm listening to the ladies about trusting our husbands. And anyway, the Lord just led me to just not, we'd just do it. We would just Try to give what Norman said. And so uh, we get into the service, and he said, listen, I really think that we need to give the amount that I feel led to give. And I said, okay. And he went, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So he fills out the envelope, and we send it in. Well, you know, you commit to that earlier in the year, and then you start paying it later. Well, somehow I missed the letter of when it started. Okay. So months after that, I realized that I haven't been given the amount. So I, I'm asking him, he said, well, double up. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I don't know how this is going to work. What well, we're going to have to take out of the budget because we're not going to be able to afford it. Well, I doubled up, and it was amazing. Yeah. It, it was just all there. God just provided, and it was another lesson for me. And, you know, as time has gone on and Norman's made changes in what we give and we talk about stuff, there's been a few times I'm much tighter than Norman is. Okay. Yeah. And there's been a few times I'm like, oh, really? And um, then it's just like I think, but what if, what if my husband decided not to give to missions? Mm-hmm. What if he decided not to give to the church? What if he was a man that didn't want to do these things? Right. You and, you know, know, he once was. Yes. He once was yes. that man until God changed yes. his life. So, yeah, yeah, evidence of grace yes. in his life. right? So, and yeah. so it's just been such a blessing. Um, yeah. For me, I feel like I... I knew how to wear the mask and play the game of being a Christian. Norman had no idea. So when he got saved, it was, I, I just sat in awe so many times because he just lived serving the world and serving himself. Our marriage changed. I mean, I can literally tell people I was married to a lost man for five years, and I've been married to a believer for 16 years, which right. we've been married, is that right? No, 26 years. Uh, we've been married 31 years, and it is amazing what mm. God does in Amen. a marriage. Yeah. You just don't know until you experience it. Yeah. And so you guys, obviously, speaking of how God changes your marriage, your family, things of that sort, you guys have had the the grace privilege of also just, you know, uh, Tyler and Rachel, Rachel grew up here, mm-hmm. obviously, and so they got to be raised, you know, hearing God's Word. What, what was that like in your home? I mean, just being, obviously now you have a Christian marriage, and obviously that bleeds into, okay, we want to raise our children in the discipline instruction of the Lord. So what, what was that like as you raised your raised your kids here at Grace Life? Well, I mean, our, you know, we had two very good kids. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they turned out... Uh, 
really well. I mean, always rebellion. I mean, one thing I remember, you know, the, the Lord uh, changed Tyler's life, saved Tyler at an early age. Right. And I know that um, you had a big impact on his life because you was going through a seminary at the time. Yeah. And Tyler you, is still the only member of Grace Life Church to call me at close to midnight one night and ask a question about supralapsarianism versus infralapsarianism, which is real. Yeah, it's swimming in the deep waters of the theological pool there. Oh, yeah. And I have no clue what I told him, but I remember I told my wife afterward, I said, Kristen, don't ever let me answer theological questions this late at night after I've been asleep for two hours. But Tyler had it in his mind that he was going to figure that doctrine out that yeah. night. Well, so. you was handing these books off to him, and he was <laughs> reading these true. books. I'd go pick them up and look at them. I, uh, I mean, I, after about three sentences, I was lost. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's yeah. reading these books and listening to some Scottish preacher or yeah, something. Yeah, amen. Uh, I remember those uh, days. Know, that was some fun. So, I mean, you know, so. he had a, that was a big influence on Tyler's yeah. life. Tyler was, he was 30, he was six, 15 going on 30. Yeah, yes. You yes. know, but the, but the Lord really worked in him, and, you right. know, it's what a blessing it is. And, and you know, Rachel confesses to be a Christian. You know, right. she's uh, living in Costa Rica now. Yeah. We don't get yeah. to, you know, interact as much as we want to there. Right. And uh, my oldest daughter, Misty, she got saved at Charles Stanley's church. Right. And her and Scott and her husband yeah. moved yep. back They're here. here now. They're as here well. at this so, church yeah. now. Yep. So, yeah. you know, we're blessed to have them home. So, right. you know, I, I'm just a, a very, very blessed man. The Lord has uh, showed his compassion to me. And it's just, uh, it's beyond anything I could ever imagine. Yep. It's like my old life never existed. I, I don't know how to explain that. You know what I'm saying? It's just right. that... Uh, Mine and Michelle's marriage has just got sweeter and sweeter over the years. And, yeah. you know, if we probably hadn't got saved, we'd probably killed each other. So, yeah. Well, I, you know, obviously you guys, um, your, your Grace Life story is a, is a story of change. Uh, it really is. It's a, it's a miracle of God's grace, uh, his grace at work in different ways at different times in each of your lives as individuals. Um, but a, a story of him drawing you to himself, granting you repentance and faith. And then a brand new life is the result of that, right? A brand new marriage, a brand new way that you do business, a brand new way that you talk, a brand new way that you think, and um, you know, all glory to God and for the the grace that He bestows on us for that. So, this church has had a lot to do with that too. Yeah, and you know, I was sharing with somebody the other day that uh, it just amazes me how our church has grown, and we were here through some splits sure, and stuff, sure. you know, and uh, we had friends that come to us and said, "What are you going to do?" And all I could do is look at them and say. Okay, can you can you show me something biblically wrong with our church? Right. Well, no, they didn't do so and so right. I said I ain't there for so and so. I'm yep. there for my family to get fed. Now, if you can show me something biblical wrong, right. I'll listen to you. But other than that, I'm I ain't got nothing, I don't need to hear nothing you got to say. So I mean, you know, and nobody's ever been able to say that because it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's just amazing how strong our pulpit is, mm. Brother Jeff and right. you and Brother Steve and Brother Steels. I mean, man, right. where can you go get that? It's just not. It's just not out there. I mean, it don't matter who's in there. It's 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 coming at you. Amen. Yeah. It's cutting like a knife. Amen. Yeah. Uh, praise the Lord. I. You know. It's. I, and I. I guess my family came here. Well, maybe I, as a kid, I was here just a few years before you guys got here, and so I'm, I'm like you guys. I'm I'm a kind of a grace lifer. I've uh, been here just about all my life, but. Uh, you know, I, I'm the same way. You know, what, what would you do apart from the preaching of God's Word? What would you do apart from the, the brothers and sisters in Christ in a small group class that help hold you accountable and challenge you and encourage you and, you know, the relationships that, that 
help you. I, you know, Michelle, particularly you've mentioned, you know, being in a class and hearing ladies talk about trust your husband. You know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. those things are invaluable. They, they may seem small uh, sometimes, but they're not. Those, those are big things that really play themselves out in our lives to the glory of God, the good of his church, and the good of our, our families as well. So mm-hmm. um, th- those things, you can't put a price tag on them. Uh, that, that's for sure. So... Well, amen. Well, we appreciate you guys being willing to come in and share uh, a little bit of your Grace Life story. I, I know that probably you could share much more, but uh, thank you so much for being willing just to share how God worked in your life and look forward to seeing how the Lord continues that Grace Life story in the days ahead. All right? Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Today's episode concludes season one of My Grace Life Story. We hope that you have enjoyed and been encouraged by these testimonies from members of Grace Life Church concerning their journey of grace. And we want to say thank you for joining us for each of these episodes. And uh, we hope that you've been edified and that the Lord has used these to work in your life just as He's used them to work in ours. Uh, This is the end of season one, but we will be having a second season. That second season will be coming up later in 2023 so we want you to look for updates and reminders coming next year as we will continue to explore how god is working in the lives of people here at grace life church of the shoals we hope you've enjoyed season one of my grace life story join us again in 2023 for season two in the meantime check us out online at gracelifeshoals.org My Grace Life Story is a presentation of Grace Life Media.